Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Down the middle of the day. Live from the Mercedes Benz of Baton Rouge studio, it's Hunt and Hill. Now on 1045 ESPN Baton Rouge. Out in the open field, hour two here on a Monday, Hunt and Hill. The shed bringing you that lunch hour each and every Monday. And at the end of that lunch hour, we give you a winner. The winner this week, Peterbilt of Louisiana. Brian Foy over there at Peterbilt has won lunch. For his crew via the shed barbecue, we'll get in touch with you, Brian. Get y'all fed from the shed. Hour two, first segment, lead toss. The lead toss. the lead toss to Jeremy Hill. Well, not the greatest news going on in the LSU running back room. And what other guy to ask about running backs than your boy right here on Hunt Hill with me. So I'm going to talk a little running backs right now. And of course, we all know in Baton Rouge, John Emery suspended two games. Very unfortunate timing. Couldn't have happened at a worse time. And so let's dig into it a little bit. Um, yeah, so John obviously missed all of last season. Uh, battled with academics and obviously tried to, you know, go against the NCAA and try to get his eligibility back. That came up short. And so uh, I think I felt great about him, you know, going into the season without any, you know, hiccups or any trouble. And, uh, you know, I've heard nothing but great things. I actually, you know, got a lot closer to John this offseason, got his number, started talking with him and everything. And so, you know, I thought he was really poised to go into this season without any hiccups and ready to play, you know, and be, and be that lead back for LSU. And so, uh, to hear this, and uh, it's very disheartening. And uh, I think we even talked about it last week that, you know, we weren't hearing that buzz about John Emery this camp. Uh, I think maybe this may have something to do with it. I think they probably know uh, a lot of times they know when that uh, gavel is going to be laid down uh, far before it, it ever does. And so they probably knew this was coming. And, and so it's bad. And so I, I think for this uh, staff, it's, you know, they already were talking about doing running back by committee. I think now more than ever, that's going to be on the forefront and like something that they can't even do. You know, you know I just don't see that lead back now in that room. Um, I, I like Kane to do certain things. I like Goodwin to do certain things. I like Josh to do certain things, but be that every down back. I just don't think we have that now. And I think that's just not a great sign for the running back room. Yeah, it's um, so look, if you were listening to this show a week ago, uh, you would have heard me say that I'm a little bit concerned with the fact that John Emery is not leading the team through the drills. He's not being mentioned very much in the scrimmage reports. He's not taking the reins of this running back room and becoming the the alpha, the guy. And to me, he's the guy with the highest ceiling. And for that not to have happened, 
I just thought that's not a good thing for this team. And then all of a sudden you get the rest of the story. And the rest of the story is that LSU has known this was a significant possibility and is the reality now for some time. This is not brand new news that just showed up. They've known this. Um, I've tried to get a little bit of information on exactly what all went down. Um, and it's just, there's just not a ton. Uh, this was an academic issue that was discovered last year, and he basically was falling short of the milestones needed to maintain eligibility. And when you fall behind those, there are consequences that are written in stone. And yeah, I would love it if the NCAA would take a look at the entirety of the situation and go, yeah, that happened, but since that happened, um, you've done everything right and you've got your GPA where it needs to be and you're passing the required hours, you know what, go ahead and play. But mm -hmm. they've got rules, and I don't know all of them, uh, but they're obviously significant enough to where he had to miss all of last year and is going to miss the first two games of this year. Does the punishment fit the crime? Probably not here. He's already missed a season, so no, to me it doesn't. But it's the reality of the situation. But to me, yeah. if you're looking at this thing, you know, there's, there's two options there. One, he got he, he wasn't playing well and the other guys passed him. Or two, something out of his control at this point. Now, it wasn't his control. It's not anymore has pushed him down the depth chart until he's ready to roll, and maybe he does have that breakout year we've been hoping for after he gets to the field. It sucks. I yeah. hate it, but it is what it is. Yeah, and if it is an academic thing, it's just to me like, oh, my goodness, all the resources the school puts into, you know, the student-athletes and their academics at Cox Building. I don't know how you got coaches, you got academic advisors. There's so many, you know, lines and so many things so many bridges you have to cross before you become ineligible. I just think this thing should have stopped way before if that's the case. And so I think right now, now the coaches have to figure out a way to get the best out of this run game because to me, I, you know, I like Jaden Daniels. I think he can win games, but uh, to think that he's going to drop back and pass it 50, 60 times a game and deliver you from evil, I, I just think you're setting yourself up for failure. So um, they're going to have to run it. They're going to have to find some guys they feel good at, and so they're going to have to utilize the guys they have now. And so I think they're down to three scholarship running backs, which you never like to see. And, and so I, I think now you have to trot out Noah Kane. I think that's going to be your starting running back. You feel great about him you know, in the passing game and picking up those blitzes, which I think is going to be huge. And then I think you probably give Armani Goodwin the carries. I think you, you find a world where, you know, Noah Kane's probably that third down back and he's probably that back you trust the most. And then I think Josh Williams has got to come in there and, and get some snaps as well. And so definitely when I hear those names, I, it just sounds like running back by committee. It's not the backs we've heard in the past. Um, it's going to take the offensive line to step up and play big. I, I don't think any of these guys are going to have, you know, Darius Geis or Leonard Fournette Ford, Ford type seasons where they're making guys miss left and right. They're scoring big time plays. It's going to take a, a group and team effort. And so, um, you know, the thing to me that kind of hurts me the most about all this is I know it's just two games, but to start the season with Emory, I, I think he gave you your best big play ability. Yeah. And so you, you lose that threat, a guy that can score from anywhere on the field and just makes it harder to score touchdowns and have those explosive plays. So we'll see what these other backs have to offer and see if one of those guys can step up. I, I just don't think they have the ceiling that John Emery has. It'll start with Kane, I'm sure. Uh, he'll get you what's blocked, be a solid player for you, and then Goodwin will have his packages and he'll play some third down stuff and, and he'll they'll get him to the edge a little bit and see if he can't do some things in space. Uh, and, then, and then Williams is going to play. Josh Williams is absolutely going to play. Uh, and, and again... 
Is he the most physically gifted guy out there? No, but he's made some plays in Baton Rouge, and he's going to play. So those three guys will be will be your guys, and it's really just the one game. You, you, you miss him for Florida State against Southern. You can trot <laughs> me out there running back, unless you'd be just fine. Uh, but it's um, you know it's it's just disappointing, and it's just so much adversity that John has had to has had to go through, and uh, it just was really disappointing news to get that 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 he's going to be suspended for. Uh, for two games, it just does. Again, it just doesn't appear to me that the punishment fits the crime here. It looks like <laughs> you're talking about a guy who has yeah. has done everything he's supposed to do in the classroom since this moment. He's done. He's he's sat out an entire season of his college career, and we're tacking two games on the back end of it. I don't know why or what the rule says, um, but it appears that this is has nothing to do with anything that happened recently, and everything to do with what happened a year and a half ago. And to me, that just, as usual with the NCAA, <laughs> doesn't make a, a heck of a lot of yeah. sense. I, we're not, we shouldn't be in the mode of just trying to, to punish everyone we can punish. We should be trying to get guys moving in the right direction. You punished a guy by missing an entire season, and that was announced two weeks before the game against UCLA last year, and now we're still dealing with it a year later. That just doesn't make any sense. But Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And I, I think for me it's uh, – it's super unfortunate, man. I was really, really rooting for John to come out this Florida State game and come out the guns, guns blazing, man, really showing everyone the back he could be and really being that lead dog. And, you know, you look at what Coach Denbrock did last season, you look at what Coach Kelly did last season, last season they want to be balanced. They, they want to run the ball. Both of them ran the ball more than they passed it last year. They both had 1,000-yard rushers last year. So you know Coach Denbrock, you know Coach Kelly, they're going to run, run the football. And so without the best rusher, to me, it's going to make that uh, avenue a lot tougher. But if there's anyone I trust to get those guys motivated and to get those guys going, it's Coach Frank Wilson. Um, obviously not going to coach the talent that he has before in the past, but I think he will find a way to you know put those guys in position. Uh, he knows their talent. He knows what they do every day. And go get like you said, get, get maybe get Goodwin on the outside, maybe find some stuff inside for Kane, see what Josh Williams can do in the passing game, and, and try to find a way to get some production out of this room because – I still think Emory's the best back in that room, yeah. and without him for a couple games, it's going to be tough. But he'll be back. It's um, so they've known about this. They're preparing for it. It's why when we've gone out there, Emory has not been been leading the way. So they'll be ready to roll in the first game against Florida State. It's not like this is a targeting penalty that pulls one of your starters out uh, unexpectedly, and you just got to go in there and figure it out. They will have had this information for a long time, and they'll have a game plan that's ready to roll for the guys that are going to be out there playing. Just. Yeah, like I said, it just sucks for uh, for for John Emery. That's the way we are, but that's that is the way things things go with the NCAA. That's Jeremy's lead toss here on a Monday. When we come back, we'll meet a couple of freshmen. Still some LSU baseball talk as Jay Johnson is meeting with the local media uh, at this very moment. So we'll talk about that in about 20 minutes from right now. Don't go anywhere. It's Hunt and Hill. Hunt Palmer and Jeremy Hill. It's Hunt and Hill. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Bayou Ford. Check out the website. BayouFord.com. Right there. When you go to the website, you'll see the words in bold. Don't settle. Don't settle. Let them customize the car that you want. They can have that thing turned around in two to three months, and you're going to be driving around, whether it's the Explorer, the Expedition, F-150, F-250, the new Broncos. Let them customize a vehicle for you. That is the new wave of of car buying. 50% of buyers never set foot on the lot at Bayou Ford. 75% do some work online. The inventory is there every single day. The specials are there every single day, and sometimes they change. They'll update it right there on the site. So if you're in the market for a vehicle, go to buyyford.com. Yeah, head over to buyyford.com. They have the all-new 2022 Ford Expedition Timberline. It has the Ready Lift 3, and it has Sarando Window 10 on there. Also, all-new 2021 Ford F-150s. They're getting 14000 off MSRP, including the Black Widow edition. Their website is buyyford.com. Buyyford, they're going to do right by you. Hunton Hill with Hunt Palmer and Jeremy Hill. Out of the open field here, Monday edition of Hunt and Hill. Glad you are spending it with us. Hope you are staying safe and dry. Weather sounds nasty out there in Baton Rouge. We are inside, obviously, um, but uh, you can hear that thunder cracking outside. So y'all stay safe out there on this Monday. For those of you headed back to school at LSU, enjoy. Best time of your life. Um Speaking of best time of your life, I guess it's a good segue here to just meet the freshman. <laughs> meet the freshman. Freshman, meet the freshman. They're the newest Tigers on the team. Got two more here on a Monday. We'll have two more tomorrow, and then we'll have rolled through the entirety of LSU's new signing class. Start today with Quincy Wiggins, six foot five, two hundred and seventy-five pounds from Madison Prep right here in Baton Rouge. Uh, he was a four-star by the 247 composite, the number 76 player in the country, number 13 defensive lineman, number six player in the state of Louisiana, was an Army All-American and is just dripping with potential. This is a guy who was just a basketball player up until his junior year of high school, and they said, hey, you might want to go try this football thing out, and he absolutely wowed on the summer camp after his junior season. That's when the hype kind of started, and that's when a lot of teams got involved. LSU was able to keep him home. And, you know, as you go out there, Jeremy, and you see practice, um, some guys just kind of looked apart, and Quincy Wiggins is that. He absolutely fills out the uni, and we'll see what he's got in terms of uh, fundamentals and, and, and playing the game at this level. But in terms of just raw tools, that's what they look like. No, he definitely has all the raw tools. He's big, strong, and fast. He, he looks like a baby Danil Hunter out there, which is saying a lot. And so 
Um, to me, I was shocked by them giving him consideration to to be playing early on, which I think is always you know a great sign. I, I thought he was a uh, you know a player that possibly may play into mop up duty this year and probably be looking towards next season, especially with the guys you have on the outside and Ojolari and Gabe. But uh, all signs are pointing to him, you know, being a playmaker and, and you know going out there and showing that raw talent. And so um, I'm excited for Wiggins. I, I think you know anytime you walk out there and see a player. Uh, that's built in that frame. Uh, you want him to put the technique behind it, and if he can do that, um, you know, I'm excited to see what he can bring for the Tigers. These stories surface all the time, and we we visit them all all the time. And, and Charles Handigraf tells us a lot. Um, when Skylar Green got to LSU, um, he was having some trouble picking up Jimbo's system, and Saban, who had recruited this kid and is dealing with a lot of the defense, why is Skylar Green not out there? Well, it's Nick, he doesn't know the whole offense, and Nick said, Jimbo, teach him one play. Teach him one play. Well, they ran the slip screen against Arkansas, and he took it 80. So, and, and Hanniger said, there's, there's the play. They taught him the one play. That's the play. And if, if Quincy Wiggins is, is young in his football life and does not have every single fundamental that you may need, teach him one thing this year. If you want to get him out there in pass rush situations, just teach him to pass rush this year, and we'll, you know, once Ojolari and Gay and all those guys move on after this year, well, then he slides in there. But if you're going to ask him to be an impact on this team, Maybe just just put him in situations where he doesn't have to worry about dealing with the run or have to no. Just tell him to get up the field and go pass rush. Yeah, and I, I think that's what's gonna fit him early on in his playing career. Just you know, obviously in the third down, obviously obvious pass situations. Uh, just let him pin his ears back and go get the passer. I think we saw you know Mason Smith do that last year as a freshman, and just you know then put him up there and just say, hey Mason, just go get the passer. So I think. Quincy should be the same thing this year, especially with you rotating your defensive line like I think they can. I think uh, I talked about the platoon swap system. I think they could actually do it, and it'd be viable for the defensive line. That's how just much depth they have in that room. So, yeah, I'm excited for for Wiggins. I want to see him go out there and see if he can help this team this year because if he can, it's going to make that defensive line extremely, extremely tough to deal with. So another guy that came in with incredible physical schools tools was a little bit raw because of what his high school asked him to do was Kendall Beckwith, and mm-hmm. he was a quarterback there, and he kind of did everything, but clearly going to be a defensive player here in Baton Rouge. And they were teaching him linebacker, but in the process they also put him down there and let him just go rush the passer a little bit in camp, and he was really tough to deal with. And he started his career with his hand in the dirt a little bit and eventually moved back to middle linebacker as, as time wore on. But, um, you know, when you got a guy with this kind of gifts and this kind of size and those long levers, it's – it's it's enticing to get them out there on the field and see what they can do. Yeah. So we'll see. I'll, I I don't know that Quincy Wiggins, I would bet that he has a huge impact early, but maybe as the season goes on, he continues to get reps and reps and reps. But I do think as of next year, first game, that's a guy that's out there and, and in a starting role and a potentially a star. The good news is they can ease him in because Ojolari and Gay and, and Darrell Cherry and all those guys are, are older players that have the experience that can can handle most of the reps. Oh, yeah, they definitely can. I, I think that's what creates a, a situation for him where you don't have all that pressure in the world. To me, it's like night and day compared to what's going to be acts of Will Campbell. He's going to be acts of be a starting left tackle in the SEC and hold down that fort. Um, you don't have to ask that from Wiggins. You can ask him to come in there, spot duty. Maybe there's five or six snaps a game where he's rushing on third down and you just let him pin his ears back. And, you know, as he gets, you know, confidence, as he gets reps, as he, you know, builds his rapport with, with this competition at the college level, um, you can start, you know, uplifting this role and giving him more snaps. So I think right now I, I would not be shocked at all if I see him out there in that Florida State game. Um, I, I think he has the talent to go out there and do it. 
And the second freshman here of today, Fitzgerald West, defensive line product from Lafayette Christian Academy over there in Lafayette uh, by 247 Composite, number 995 ranked player in the country, 133rd ranked defensive lineman, number 42 player in the state of Louisiana. And you know, Fitzgerald West comes in at 6'2", 325 pounds. He has been looked at at both sides uh, on offense and defense, uh, and they're going to try to determine where his future lies. It's not going to be this year. Uh, one of the last, in terms of rating players, one of the last ones in this class. But he does have some pretty good size and is a guy from the state of Louisiana, so you take him in. Um, he has worked a little bit on offense. He's worked a little bit on defense. I don't know where his future lies, but he's a guy who is apparently right now agreeable to just trying to, to do whatever he can to help. <laughs> yeah, and now uh, you look at the molds, and I think to me he fits more of a D-tackle mold, yeah. especially with what Coach Kelly's trying to do. Anytime you see offensive linemen already 325 as a freshman, uh, that's normally not what Coach Kelly's looking for. And so I, I think for me – um, I haven't seen much of him, you know, especially with the ones out there for, for camp. So I don't think there's a world where he's probably going to be playing this year. I would love to see him at D-Tackle. I know that room's probably the most difficult room on the team to try to get any sort of playing time in right now. But um, I, I just don't know if he profiles as a guard, especially in this Coach Kelly system. But we'll see. I mean, anytime you got a three-star, uh, there's no rush for them to have to play a significant amount of snaps early on. You can kind of develop those guys and take your time with them. Uh, let's kind of see what this coaching staff, you know, what role they have for him because I just don't think it's going to be easy for him to get in on the offensive line. Going back to uh, our first episode of this, which was uh, the 15th of August, we've gone through Walker Howard, Terrence Welsh, Harold Perkins, Nathan Divert, Emory Jones, Landon Ibietta, Will Campbell, Jordan Allen, Bo Bordelon, Mason Taylor, Quincy Wivens, and Fitzgerald West. Just two more to go tomorrow. That is Ty G. Hill and Demario Tolan. So we'll get to those guys. Tomorrow, that is today's edition of Meet the Freshman. I want to remind you, 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge and Citizens Bank and Trust hope to add to your football party budget this year with a $5,000 national grand prize or a $1,000 local cash prize. Register for a chance to win at 104.5 ESPN.com. Best of luck. Happy tailgating from Citizens Bank and Trust and 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. And AJ Benza deconstructs stories of power grip of price of fame inside the new drop business studios podcast fame is a b listen download or subscribe today at dropbiscuit.com take a time out when we come back jay johnson and his assistants have been at the mic for like an hour and 10 minutes i've been looking at quotes i've been reading tweets we're gonna get some thoughts coming up next on hunting hill 104.5 espn baton rouge with Hunt and Hill. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Revelry Sports and Entertainment. RevelryTeam.com. Tailgating season is upon us. You want an unforgettable fan experience? Let Revelry handle your turnkey tailgating. Yeah, sorry to tell you guys about Reverie's full-service turnkey tailgating and their standard package, which comes with 25 to 30 people in capacity, a 10 by 20 high-peak tent, electricity hookups, all-day concierge, bellhop service, and they even hook you up with a post-tailgate cleanup. Gotta love the post-tailgate cleanup. That is crucial because when it's time to go in the game, you don't want to have to worry about loading everything up, kicking everybody out, cleaning up the trash. You don't do any of that. Revelry does all of it. You just head on into Tiger Stadium, just three blocks away from Patrick Taylor Hall, where they uh, where they set up in their their tailgate village, and you your work is done. You can do a season long pass. You can do one specific game. If you're a business owner or run a business, you want to do team building or entertain clients at an LSU tailgate, but you don't know where to start because you don't really have a tailgate. Revelry has got you covered. Check out the website. We'll give you the schedule, the dates, the services. All that is there. Revelryteam.com. Hunton Hill with Hunt Palmer and Jeremy Hill. Lots coming out of Alec Box Stadium in the last hour and 15 minutes. Jay Johnson meeting with the press, as did two of his assistants. Um, some of the nuts and bolts coming out. Um, fall ball is going to move, as I remember it, move back a little bit here. Um, October the 2nd through November the 20th. So that's a full six weeks there. Uh, they will play McNeese Sunday, November the 6th. Uh, that's after the Alabama game. They will play Louisiana Lafayette uh, Sunday, November the 15th. Uh, and then Friday through Sunday, November the 18th through the 20th will be the Purple and Gold World Series right up there before Thanksgiving. So those are the uh, the dates of LSU baseball. Um, so as I look through the quotes, the tweets, some of the things that uh, the Jay was talking about, Josh Jordan also spoke, who's come over from Duke as well as is Wes Johnson, uh, LSU's new pitching coach. Um, Alex Malazzo had surgery. Uh, this is all reported uh, from Leah Van's uh, Twitter handle. Um, had surgery, feeling a lot better after he fought some injuries all of last year. Hayden Travinsky did play in the uh, in the Cape Cod League, and all three incoming catchers could have been drafted. They came to LSU. That's Brady Neal, Jared Jones, and Ethan Fry. Um, keep those guys away from Coach Kelly. They look like football players is what uh, is what <laughs> Jay Johnson said uh, to the assembled media. Jeremy, we talked about uh, about catcher a lot when we were talking about the draft and that, that LSU just needed an influx of talent at that position. They've gotten it in a big way. You get a healthy Alex Malazzo, a Hayden Travinsky, who's been banged up basically for three years at this point. Those two guys get healthy and come back, and then you bring in Brady Neal, Jared Jones, and Ethan Frey. That is, uh, that's the influx of talent you're talking about. Man, look, uh, look, when we talked about it before the show, it's like they're going to have to make some decisions. Like It's yeah. so much talent at so many different positions. And, and to me, quite frankly, it's a great problem to have if you're Jay Johnson. Not so great if you're one of those guys on a fringe roster spot. But, yeah, I think especially you know watching the team last year, especially – you know, in the postseason, there are some balls you could have got stopped up that could have saved some runs, saved some runners from moving over, and uh, you weren't able to do that. So getting a catcher back there, I think going into next season, that could stop all those things and bring something, you know, to the plate. Maybe it's one of these freshmen who have a high ceiling. Maybe it's someone who's been on the roster. But I think now that you have options, I think Jay's going to find the best guy for the job and uh, get that guy out there helping the team. And probably going to be multiple guys uh, at the catcher spot. But um, I think one of the 
questions that everyone had is kind of what LSU does in the infield. And um, this is a quote from Jay today, reading off Leah Van from the Advocates Twitter. It said, relative to the middle infield, Jordan Thompson's back. He had a very good season last year offensively. From the midpoint, he did a much better job defensively at shortstop. And I think we brought in the best player in Louisiana in Gavin Guidry. He's a two-way player, but he will exclusively play infield. He turned down significant potential bonus mo- uh, money in the draft. That's surprising to me that Gavin Guidry's not going to, it appears from that quote, do any pitching whatsoever. He is purely going to be an infielder and I think is is likely to to earn a spot at second base or at third base. Um, you know, Barb's put some really good players into LSU's program and some really good players into professional baseball over the years. Gavin Guidry is thought of as one of the best to come through there. And uh, I, I just I thought he was going to pitch a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think for for Gavin, uh, especially with with the guys you lost in the major league draft, that you you know you thought you possibly had a chance at getting. I thought that would have made his avenue to play as a freshman a lot more difficult than than what we may have thought when he looking at him as a recruit. But now uh, I think that avenue is open as it's ever been. I, I think I could see him either playing second or third for this team uh, going into this year. And if he can bring the bat, you know, with the uh, yep. infield and skills, um, yeah, I think he can be one of those freshmen that Jay Johnson depends on to really really help this team. Ben Nipple is the um, the most recent add to this infield. Um, Jay Johnson talked today about how much he appreciated that Nipple had more, almost twice as many walks as strikeouts uh, at BCU. Um, he's an infielder, another guy that's going to add some depth. And you know, they they thought that Carter Young was going to be at LSU, and all of a sudden yeah. at the eleventh hour, the Orioles you know, find find an extra one point three and toss it at him. So you've got to go kind of scramble and. Jay Johnson has proven very much like Will Wade before him that he will he will fill that roster. He will go find he will have a plan B if something happens. And then Carter Young signs and all of a sudden, boom, they go to VCU and, and grab Ben Nippled and he comes in to bring to give you some depth. Um I've just been so impressed with Jay Johnson over the last two years in his ability to manage the roster. And now in this day and age of college sports, it's all of them. Roster management is a year-to-year thing as opposed to kind of a program builder. You just got to go fill the, the shelves as many guys as you can find. Sometimes you get a guy, and in this sport, you, he can be gone pretty quickly with the draft. Yeah. That happens when Mikey Romero bolts and Tucker Toman bolts and Carter Young bolts, and all of a sudden you don't have quite the influx that you may have thought at one point you were going to have on the infield. But he always has a plan B, always has another guy he can go get. Look, I mean, if you didn't see the way this man called games all last year without any aces, <laughs> I think, I mean, what are we talking about here? Like, you got to give Jay credit from the top down, just the way he runs those baseball games, the way he recruits, the way he hires his staff. I mean, you lose two coaches uh, to big-time jobs, and you, you go fill them up with, with some of the bigger names you can find. And so, in every way, it's hard to poke holes. I know there's still going to be some people in Tiger Nation. Not mad we made it to Omaha, but – Look, I like what he's building here in Baton Rouge, and I think you got to start from the ground up, and he's building a phenomenal uh, foundation for this baseball program. And so I want to continue to see Jay Johnson do it. Can't wait to see that preseason number one. Things are going good for baseball. Son Hill, we got to talk some baseball. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> Jay Johnson started his press conference today by saying, uh, it's the middle of August and we're talking college baseball. That's why we come here. That's why Jay Johnson wanted to come here from Arizona. I don't think there's a lot going on in Tucson on the baseball front. Uh, as of this week, but we did want to want to talk about that. Look, Josh Jordan, LSU's new recruiting coordinator, um, came in and he he gave an introductory speech uh, as he was talking to the media and said, "This is the New York Yankees of college baseball," and it kind of felt like that as we were going through the transfer portal and you're grabbing the national freshman of the year for the second year in a row and Tommy White and you you go get Thatcher Hurd and, and you go get Carter Young and you you go get these guys from these massive baseball programs um, that you would think would would be able to to keep the best of their um to keep the best of their their players around and 
most of them ended up coming to Baton Rouge, and <laughs> Josh has got a point there. Look, man, it's different when you walk into Alex Box and you see all those titles, man. Not many baseball programs can flex those muscles like that. You look at all the major league talent, it's just it's what there's not many better baseball programs in the country that you can point to. And so you get a guy that's running the show uh, that can really put on what LSU can offer a lot of these college kids and high school kids. Uh, you know, they're going to come, and I'm glad to see it and to see Jay Johnson taking advantage of it that quickly. Um, all signs are pointing to another Omaha trip. We got to make it happen, baby. Come on, let's do it, man. Omaha. I want that very badly. Um, I also want to mention, I'm scrolling through these tweets. Obviously, weren't at the press conference. It just ended, and we were sitting right here, and I'm kind of monitoring things. Go. So I don't, know that, I don't know that the order that we've done this has been perfect, but it's just as much as I can accumulate from Leah's Twitter feed, from Glenn West's Twitter feed, and, and – um, that's, they were talking about Gavin Dugas here, and that is a guy who, um, you know, it's such an odd career arc because you hit 19 home runs and lead the SEC in RBI. You are the catalyst for LSU's team that went up to, to uh, Eugene and won a regional. And then you come back and have such a rough fall um, with a new coaching staff here, and you just never really heard Jay Johnson mention much about Gavin Dugas. He just wasn't a guy that he talked about. I'm thinking, this guy's going to hit fourth. Like He's going to be right there behind <laughs> Cruz and hitting a bunch of home runs and being a huge piece to this offense, and it just didn't happen for him in the fall. And then he got hurt, and he was banged up all year. If it wasn't one thing, it was another. He's crashing into the wall. It was just, he just couldn't <laughs> yeah. stay healthy, yeah. and it just didn't, didn't all come together. He hits the huge home run in the Monday game um, when LSU comes up short in Hattiesburg. But I think the decision for, for Gavin to come back is a, a really big one for this, for this team because I do think that what happened two years ago was not a fluke. Him hitting a bunch of home runs and being the best player on LSU's offense for a lot of that year until Cruz kind of came on was it was not a fluke. Like, that is that is the guy he can be. And I think there's room for him on the infield. I think he can probably help you at second base. Uh, if if you want to fill the outfield with some other guys, if Paxton Kling wins an outfield spot or, you know, whatever the case may be, I think he can really help. Um, and I think that his story's not done here in Baton Rouge. No, I think that's a, he's going to be a guy that I, I think this team is going to depend on. I, I think, you know, anytime you got a, you know, to me, you know, a guy who's, you know, a, a Swiss Army knife, you can put him in the outfield, you can put him in the infield. Uh, he can swing the bat for power. Um, I, I think there's going to be a role for, for Gavin on this team, especially next year. And so uh, I'm going to be depending on him. I uh, know he didn't play as much as he would have loved last season, especially being banged up a little bit. But um, I, I think he's going to play a, a lot of baseball for the Tigers this year. And, and with him and with all the other guys that's in this lineup, it just, man, man, I'm having, you know, great, great thoughts about what this baseball team can be next year. Look, it's um, I'm looking at some of the heights and weights given for some of these guys. And think about Jaden Newt, who LSU sweated till the very, very end. He comes in 6'4", 235 pounds as a true freshman. You look at Chase Shores, who comes in from Midland, Texas, 6'8", 250 is what he's listed as, throwing from from the right side. Um, Paxton Kling, 6'2", 210. I mean, that's that guy's going to be – a monster at LSU before his time is done. Jared Jones comes in at 6'4", 230 pounds as a catching prospect. I mean, that's that's no joke. Uh, th- those guys coming in are legitimate, legitimate size. I'm looking at the rest of uh, of the roster. Um, Josh Pearson looks like he switched to number 11. Uh, I can't even remember now that I'm thinking of it. He, I think he wore a single digit last year. Is that right? Can't, yeah, I think so. I can't remember what. No, he wore, wore thirty nine. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, thirty. 39, yeah, that's what he definitely wasn't eleven. That's, well, that's yeah, not uh, not what he had worn in the past. So uh, just seeing you know, some of these guys on this list is uh, 
it's it's an impressive group of uh, of talent. The last guy I want to mention here is Javon Coleman. They said he's uh, going to be one year through Tommy John in March. Um, so you just wouldn't figure that he is going to pitch this coming season. Um, I don't. They're going to be smart about it. They're not going to rush him back. They are over. Um, when I look at this roster, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. They've got 44 guys on the roster right now, and that's going to likely have to be trimmed a little bit. They've got some 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 room with the COVID guys, with Beloso, who's on there, uh, that you've got some some room to play with. With Dugas, you've got some room to play with. Um so th- those guys aren't going to count against your 35 because they're COVID guys who who are using that extra year. Um, so we'll see um, just how uh, how many guys make it through the fall. But it's going to be a, a really, really competitive fall. Um, and I'm really pumped to get out there and watch them play McNeese, watch them play Louisiana Lafayette, uh, and then watch the Purple and Gold World Series. It's going to be high-level baseball out there at the box this fall. So pumped to get out there and check it out. Uh, I, I will, uh, I'll listen to Jay's press conference Again, um, this, after we get off the show this evening, if there's something really pressing or some quotes that I'd like to talk about, maybe we re- revisit it tomorrow. But when Jay goes out there and gives an hour-long press conference, we're going to have, have a little bit of comment on that. And so we did here on uh, on a Monday edition of Hunt and Hill. want to remind you, professional golfers John Peterson and J.J. Colleen answer all your golf and life questions inside the new Drop Biscuit Studio podcast for the people. Download or subscribe today at dropbiscuit.com. We'll come back and close up a Monday edition with some Take It or Leave It. It's Hunt and Hill. This is Hunt and Hill on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Kick off week one with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Just join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with promo code 1045ESPN to get in on the action. Then you can turn game day into payday all season long. Look, you can combine your bets, chance for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose with the promo code 1045ESPN. They've already got the uh, college football tab there. You can start to bet some of these games. Nebraska Northwestern from Dublin coming up this weekend. Line on that one, 12 and a half for Scott Frost um, Huskers. We'll see about all of that. But make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and present in Louisiana. First online real money wager only. $15 first deposit required. Bonus issues is an all free bet that expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Hill with Hunt Palmer and Jeremy Hill. Closing up shop here, Monday edition of Hunt and Hill. Been a busy one. Jeremy said we're at game week now. I think, I mean, look, I don't have any reason to disagree. <laughs> Florida State, Duquesne, coming up on Saturday. Like, are you going to watch that game? Uh, <laughs> I guess, maybe. Uh, is it know. on TV? I haven't even checked. I would I would think so. Maybe it's I mean, it's not like there's something. a huge... Uh, not like there's a huge, like Duquesne following. You know, let's see, game summary. I would guess ESPN, maybe one of the, like ESPN three, or I know they got a million. ACC channels. Network, isn't that ESPN now? Technically, I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. <laughs> okay. tic- it's a, it's a four o'clock Central kick. I don't I don't know what the ACC Network is. 
I don't think they're. I don't think they're great. Because the SEC network is technically ESPN. Well, right? it's through ESPN. Yeah, and, and the ACC network has a time with LSU, with uh, with the with the ACC. But they're it's it's you're gonna have to find that channel. They have to head over to Pluckers. Or something. <laughs> that one. Um, but <laughs> says that uh, says Florida State here has a 99.5 percent chance uh, to win the game against the Duquesne Dukes. So we'll <laughs> oh see. Uh, but yeah, well, it's it's game week, and we're gonna talk to Brendan Sinone. Uh, he covers Florida State for two four seven. We're gonna have him on on Wednesday to kind of get a state of the Seminole Union. They've um, got some injuries in the interior of their offensive line that they're a little bit worried about. I think, but. We'll get all those details from from Brendan. We tried to get him today, but they had press conferences and everything. So let him handle his business over the next two days, and we'll have him on on Wednesday. I want to get some fantasy football talk in this week as well as drafts are starting to crank up. I've got mine coming up uh, this coming Sunday. So uh, it's football season. It is it is coming fast and furious. Let's do some take it or leave it. Finish up the Monday show. All righty here. Bengals kicker Evan McPherson. He was seen at Bengals camp drilling a 65-yard field goal. Are you taking or leaving? He has a chance to beat Justin Rec- Justin Tucker's record of a 66-yard field goal. Leaving it. <laughs> Bengals are going to score a touchdown every drive. No field goals. Not settling for 66 yarders. We're getting into the pay dirt every single drive. That's what we like. All right. Um, but no, he's he's really good. And the Bengals, Bengals should be pretty good. That's exciting. Exciting stuff. Miami Heat have announced they're signing 42-year-old veteran forward Udonis Haslam. It'll be his 20th year in the league. Udonis Haslam, best job in all sports. Take it or leave it. Well, I'm taking that, man. I'll Look, take you get paid millions of dollars to hold a clipboard in basketball. You don't play a minute. You don't have to sweat. You just hang out, ride on charter jets, hang out with the team, watch NBA game after NBA game. I mean, what other job in the world could you want, man? He's a courtside seat every single night. Doesn't have to lift a finger. So, yeah, UD, I got a tip it to. I don't know how you did it. I don't know what you did with Pat Riley. I don't know how you got with Coach Spo. Y'all got something going on, but look, I, I can sign up for that because that, that's, that's, that's amazing. This year, he played in 13 games this year. Uh, did What's not, the stats looking like? He had uh, no starts. He played. He's so far down the list that I can't see the top of the statistical category when I'm looking at it, but he played uh, an average of six minutes in those games. Okay. okay. Uh, he scored. These are not totals, but uh, what's his average? He was getting two and a half points per game. Okay, that's two and a half. Getting a bucket. <laughs> Let's see what are we getting on re- uh, rebounds. Uh, two rebounds per game. Okay, two and two. Getting a bucket, the pulling double. down a couple of boards, and then having a seat. <laughs> hey, that's not a bad game. Watching man. the game, having a bud. <laughs> not bad at all. All right, ESPN. They predicted all the college football bowl game matchups, and Mark Slayball has the LSU Tigers making a trip to the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl to face Louisville. Are you taking or leaving Jacksonville as a desirable bowl location for Tiger Nation? Look, it could be worse, I guess. I mean, it's no Independence Bowl, which is the GOAT, obviously. Uh, but look, if you get to a Florida Bowl, that's fine. I you know I'm more concerned with not having like a Tuesday night game like we've had the oh, last God. few times. Oh, uh, the Texas Bowl is not great from that perspective. Um, we played the Liberty Bowl, I think, against Notre Dame or Music City, maybe. Uh, yeah, Music no, City. Music, City, Music City. City. And that was in the middle of the day. I had to like take some time off to watch that game. <laughs> let's let's try to find one that's like on a Saturday night or something. Maybe we can we can find our way to uh, to that. Maybe New Year's Day would be good. Uh, so yeah, I look. We'll see. This is uh, I think. I think I've decided Wednesday I'm doing my season preview uh, with my predicted record. Okay, that's right around the I think, corner. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that on Wednesday. So we'll see kind of what I think. But yeah, Florida Bowl is not the worst place in the world. Trey Young posted pictures over the weekend on social media of him playing pickup in L.A., but two unlikely candidates were playing together with him, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. KD, Kyrie, both on the Nets next year. Take it or leave it. Um, 
guess I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, I just don't see they're they're not gonna get what they want for either one of them, and they're asking for the sun, the sun, the moon, and the stars for for either one of those guys. And so, um, I don't know. It's just tricky, but I just don't see you know them getting what they want for KD. KD wants to play basketball, so if they don't trade him, is he gonna sit out? I don't think KD's gonna sit out. And Kyrie already said he'll go back to the Nets, and so. You know, they're hanging out. They're playing basketball. I guess so, man. I guess I'll have to take that one. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for take it or leave it. One of the most preposterous things uh, that I've I've seen in a long time happened uh, to me on Saturday. Um, hanging out uh, at a family friend's home. They've got what is called a cocktail pool. It's pretty small. It's like, if I had to guess, it's 20 feet long by 8 feet wide. Like, it's not your standard big pool, and it doesn't have, like, a deep end or anything. It, it, bar- it doesn't even come up, to, like, to my waist. It's for, like, little kids, and then you get in and, and have a, a cocktail, which is what we were doing on Saturday. Well, it turns out they had turned the heater on accidentally uh, the night before, so the pool was really hot. It was borderline uncomfortable. So my buddy Uber Eats 30 bags of ice. Wait. Wait, 30 wait. bags of ice what? and then went ahead and put the ice in the pool. It worked. It, it, wait, it, worked. it, wait it cooled the pool off. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait. How do you order <laughs> Uber ice? Eats. Uber the eats Uber driver ice? like pulled up apparently with like a million bags of ice in the back of the car and just started unloading. Oh my goodness. Impr- like, I, I've heard some stories. I've never heard of ice. I've, I've never seen it either. Look, I, I get I guess it's it's it even sanitary at that point. Now like, the funny part like, about it is, and this we should have realized, right? We, we dumped the ice in, we're sitting there. It did, it cooled the pool off significantly. They didn't have a thermometer on it, but it did pull it cooled the pool off significantly. But um it rained like an hour later, which would have cooled it off like that oh, so man. waste of i think i don't know what brock's been on probably like 50 bucks on ice like, i don't know i don't know i don't know what a bag costs an uber eats with a delivery fee but hey we we cooled the pool off. can't be driving around when you're having cocktails so had to have somebody come come bring us the ice i that, but i'd never seen it and you can't really do it if it was a full-size pool you would have no chance but because the pool is so small like you have a chance to cool it off we made it work. Look, I'd be worried the ice melt before it even got there. It, well, well, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I the ice about. melts in the pool pretty quick, but it did it did cool it off. Uh, just a preposterous uh, story of uh, of cooling off a swimming pool so that we can enjoy some beverages in the pool while the ladies dealt with all the kids and we wasted <laughs> yeah. away a Saturday. But as I mentioned, Friday, like I'm ready for for football to dominate the weekends. Like you know, oh, when it when. I'm cranky when the baseball season ends and immediately somebody has to drive. Oh, it's football season. No, I need a second, decompress, get through the summer. But, like, it eventually comes up upon a time where I'm ready for that to dominate the entire weekend. I'm ready for college football all day Saturday. I'm ready for the late nights that come with the postgame show. I'm ready for, for Sundays oh, with some NFL oh God, football. Oh like, it's – oh, well, yeah, it's coming. It's coming quick. And on Sunday, oh, you're doing the, the postgame late, and then uh, we're yeah, doing the show. And then we're doing, then, we're, uh, then we're doing the show on Monday. No, because LSU plays Florida State on Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, te- yeah, you're right with the first game of the season. But in general, yeah. yeah it will be, be some, Sunday. Yeah, it will be a lot of Sundays. So I'll be ready. But, like, it's football. It Can't complain fun. during football. Season. It's, uh, it's time. Time to have that dominate your weekend instead of trying to ice down your swimming pool, which was, again – preposterous thing that happened. So if you missed any of our show today, catch it on demand, 1045ESPN.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, YouTube, all of those places. If you would please subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. We appreciate it. We open things with Saints and Packers talk. Then uh, hit some NFL storylines at 1215 at 1230. Started talking LSU football from over the weekend. Jeremy's lead toss. We talked about 
what the running back position looks like for the first two games now that John Emery is likely to miss those first two games. That was at 1 o'clock. Meet the freshman at 1.15, Quincy Wiggins and Fitzgerald West and Jay Johnson reaction as he met with the media just a few minutes ago at Alec Box Stadium. So that was all at 1.30. You can catch that all on demand. As we mentioned, coming up uh, over the next couple of days, we'll get some fantasy football chatter. We'll get some Florida State thoughts. And I think on Wednesday, I'm going to give my season prediction for LSU football wins and losses. Kind of got a little bit of a bigger feel for it. I'm excited to get out there tomorrow. We'll be able to watch a little bit of the scrimmage at, uh, at 445 now that school is in session. So looking very much forward to that. Matt Moscone is going to drive you home this afternoon from 3 to 6 on After Further Review. Jimmy Ott's game time, 6 to 8. Mario and Musso coming at you next with Early Line. We will see y'all tomorrow for a Tuesday edition of Hunting Hill. 104.5 ESPN, Baton Rouge. This is Hunt and Hill on 104.5 ESPN, Baton Rouge.